Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father PJ, good morning. Good morning, Father. Today, the Holy Mother of Church invites us to celebrate the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who will that your only begotten Son should undergo the cross to save the human race, grant, we pray, that we, who have known his mystery on earth, may merit the grace of his redemption in heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. let us proceed. First of all, what is the idea for the Christian about the cross? What is the meaning of the Christian, the cross? The cross is probably the most recognizable and potent symbol in the whole history of the world. It's also probably one of the most misunderstood. So the cross is, of course, kind of the logo of Christianity. It's the, it's the thing that stands for all the rest of it. But it is a very peculiar, um, very peculiar thing to become such a sign. You know, people have made this analogy before, but it would be something like wearing a, a, a golden electric chair around your neck. Correct. Or, 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 or putting, you know, a, a noose or a guillotine on the back of your bumper sticker kind of thing. Um, like th this is this is a, a very very peculiar, um, you know, it, it's an image of of execution that becomes the great sign of victory and life for the whole Christian people. At the same time, when you mention cross, it's immediately relate to pain, mm -hmm. to hardness, to hurtiness, and it's true. It's true. It's no doubt about it. But at the same time, it's an enormous moment of love. I mean, understandable into the spirituality about the Holy Cross, we can understand what is the meaning of the cross in our life. Yeah. So, so you know, the Romans learned crucifixion from the, the Persians or the Assyrians um, oh. who had done it to them. Um, and, and the thing about crucifixion that I think most of us have a hard time kind of grasping now. And dramatic. Is, yeah, is that this wasn't dramatic just... Dramatic and traumatic. Drum, it, it was dramatic and it was intended to cause trauma. It was designed to cause trauma on the part of those who saw it. So, it, you know, it, it's, it's something like what happens when people get mad at their dogs and so they rub their noses in the, in the dog's poop. Correct. To tell them not to do it. it that's kind of <laughs> like the idea, is that... You, you would strip people naked and nail them to trees, and you'd put them on the side of the interstate so that as people were walking into town, they knew uh, you, you don't mess around in this town or you're going to get stripped naked and nailed to a tree. Correct. Um, and so, so for the church then to adopt this great sign of assault, of torture, of infamy, of, of criminality— Denigration, totally denigration about the dignity of the human being inside. That's right. That's right. Uh, to, for us to adopt this as the sign of our victory, as the sort of token of, of, of life, um, and, that, and that Christ's own death could transform the greatest sign of degradation in, into that which imparts the greatest dignity to the human being. It's beautiful how the entrance antiphon describes what you said, Father. We should glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation, life and resurrection, through whom we are saved and delivered. You know, 
I'm going to give just an aside here because I can. So the entrance antiphons, most of us maybe only hear those or see those if we go to daily Mass and the priest is particular about reading it. But it's, it's, it's a verse of Scripture that's intended to be sung or read, if you can't sing it, on, on the priest's way to the altar. That's what it's designed for. We're more used in this country uh, to opening hymns, which replace these. I think that's the biggest mistake probably since the council. And the reason for it is, you know, you'll have liturgy committees or musicians who want to find the theme for the Sunday. So they get together and they read through the readings and they look at the prayers and they, and, and, and we, the theme's right there. It's at the, it's the header Absolutely. of every mass. It, it tells you exactly what we're supposed to be thinking about, what's meant to hold these all together. And so this line from St. Paul to the Galatians, we should glory, not shy away, not hide, not fear. We should glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom, that is in Jesus and in his cross, is our salvation, our life, and our resurrection, through whom we are saved and by whom we are delivered. And the same, at the same time, the gospel verse <laughs> described clearly the station of the cross, our prayer, traditional prayer for Lent season especially. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your cross, you have redeemed the word. So the, um, the, the verse and response that is most common at the stations of the cross, right, is drawn originally from the liturgy for Good Friday. Um, and, and it's attached to the showing of the cross. We, we adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. And then, in theory... The choir comes in. We worship your cross, O Lord. We praise and glorify your holy resurrection, for by your death you have brought life to the world. Amen. So that, so that, so that, and it's the most basic claim of the gospel, right? But Jesus's death brings life. The worst kind of death is what gives life to everyone and everything. Father, I remember on one of the, a student for our faith formation said, Father Fabian, do you have a cross? Yes, I have. Where? And I, I was completely lost when, when, when the child asked me that because the child did not ask me the physical cross, mm-hmm. asking me about my Your spiritual cross. cross. Your cross. And obviously all Christians of God have a cross to take, this is clear in, 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 in the gospel for us, you know? You know, um, I, it's interesting you say that. I, we've all have our own share of sufferings. Um, but I, I've really been very grateful um, since I had the problems a couple of years ago with my feet and had to have the surgeries and, yeah. and, and, and all that. Um, uh, it, I can walk comfortably, but my feet hurt sooner than they did before. And when my feet hurt, I'm able to suffer like it's a, it's a, it's a real gift to be able to suffer um, in union with the Lord. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Hello, this is Steve Ray. Join me in Iowa Catholic Radio on the journey of a lifetime with a Footprints of God pilgrimage to the Holy Land, November 11th through the 20th, 2023. We'll visit the places where our Lord performed miracles, including the Mount of Transfiguration, the Wedding Church in Cana, Tabga, where Jesus multiplied the loaves and fish, and of course, the Holy Sepulcher. The scriptures will come alive as I offer expert teaching along the way like I always do. Visit iowacatholicradio.com for all the details. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsara.org, join org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. This is a Young Catholic Minute. How can I speak up without shutting people down? Boy, this one is pretty easy to answer, but really hard to do. The easy part of the answer is that every human being is made to love truth. And so when you share it lovingly, calling them on to something greater that will give them happiness and freedom, that is, as the Bible says, good news of great joy. Unfortunately, we humans have a terrible tendency to do the right things for all the wrong reasons. So if we're sharing the truth just because we know we're right, or we want to win an argument, or want to chalk one up on the old soul-saving tally, we're not really trying to give the gift of Christ's love. So we're using the truth to lie, and that won't inspire anyone. On the other hand, remember that Jesus lived and spoke the truth perfectly, and some people still didn't believe. So if that happens to you, offer your sufferings to Christ and pray for the grace to get up again. For more Young Catholic Minutes, go to youngcatholicminute.com. Would you like to get more involved as a volunteer? Intervisions Healthcare empowers at-risk women facing an unplanned pregnancy to make life-affirming decisions. But our nursing staff can't do it alone. Our unplanned pregnancy clinic seeks dedicated advocates, receptionists, and nursing volunteers to meet the needs of hundreds of at-risk patients we see each year. If you are a people person who wants to help moms with unplanned pregnancies, contact us today at 515-440-2273 or visit ivhcare.org. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Simon said to Mary, Behold this child is destined for the ring and raising of many in Israel and to be a sign of contradiction and your own soul, a sword will be pierced. This is the entrance antiphon for the festivity of Our Lady of Sorrowful. And it's amazing connection with this exaltation of the cross. Because the Blessed Virgin Mary shows us, Father, the amazing pain, but at the same time to glorify God. The great wisdom in Simeon's prophecy is, is in his use of the word soul, um, or uh, perhaps even better, heart. Not the cardiac organ that pumps blood through your body, right? <laughs> um, though in, in the images of the Immaculate Heart that we've designed, there's always a dagger going through it, not because Mary was stabbed to death, but because she suffered this sort of pain. See, and this is the reason that the Festival of Our Lady of Sorrows is attached to the exaltation of the cross. Because, because what... What has brought life does carry real pain with it, right? So that the life-giving power of the cross presumes suffering, but it redeems the suffering so that it's not bare suffering. It's, it's, uh, it's the kind of suffering that saves the world. And it's the, the, the icon that represents Our Lady of Sorrows, it's really, really, really impact yourself because her heart had been hurting by the wounds of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
and she had been holding in their arms the crown of thorns and also the nails. And probably many of us in our non-purity life in terms of a spiritual life, we have been also crucified Jesus himself day by day. So w- images of the Immaculate Heart of Mary that are paired with those of the Sacred Heart of Jesus are often made to look very much like each other. So it's clear that Mary's heart is sort of after Jesus's own heart, right? Um, and, and very often in that case, there's a single dagger that passes through. Right. Um, but in the more stylized versions, there are seven. And the reason there are seven is so, for the so. seven sorrows of the Blessed Virgin, right? And so the seven sorrows is just a way of marking the, the life of Mary based on the great sufferings that she's had. The seven joys are doing the same sort of thing. The the number seven, of course, is significant because in in the biblical imagination, this is about wholeness. But but the the point here is not the number; it's the recognition that joy and sorrow both play an essential role in the Christian life. You can't you're not allowed to have one without the other. Both presume the presence of the other, and both work towards us and our salvation if we permit them. Intentionally, the Holy Rosary also contemplate Tuesdays and Fridays, the sorrowful mysteries as well. That's, that, that, that's the tie here, right? Because those are the days that historically would be attached to the, the moments of the Passion. Um, another great devotion, uh, which is probably more familiar uh, for us during Lent, but is deeply, deeply tied to the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, is the Stabat Mater. So the Stabat Mater is a sequence. Sequences are hymns. So I'm going to blow everybody's mind for a sec. For the overwhelming majority of the church's history, like for 18, 1900 years, hymns, the way we imagine them now, have simply not been part of the Mass. Hymns belong in the liturgy properly at the Liturgy of the Hours. So hymns are built into the Liturgy of the Hours, but they're not really a part of the Mass that the way we imagine them now. Uh, hymns, when they occur in the Mass now, are almost always replacing some other text, because people don't know how to chant. Um, but, the, but, the, but the one hymn that does have a real place in the Mass is the sequence, which is a kind of stylized hymn written in a very kind of tight poetic way um, that belongs immediately before the Alleluia, or the, 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 the gospel acclamation, as a kind of preparation for that on big feast days. Like we have been using in Pentecost, that we have used in uh, Easter Vigil as well? Bingo. So the, so, so the uh, Victime Pascali Laudis, or the uh, uh, Veni Creator Spiritus, right? These are the great sequences uh, uh, t- tied to Paschal Tide. Um, and the one that is probably most familiar in English to, uh, to, to, to our listeners would be the Stabat Mater, or what is typically sung at Stations of the Cross, at the cross, her station keeping. Wow. At the cross, her station keeping, stood the mournful mother weeping, close to Jesus to the last. Through her heart, his sorrow sharing, all his bitter anguish bearing, now at length the sword is passed. Oh, how sad and sore distressed was that mother highly blessed of the soul begotten one. Christ above in torment hangs. She beneath beholds the pangs of her dying glorious son. Is there one who would not weep, whelmed in miseries so deep, Christ, dear mother, to behold? Can the human heart refrain from partaking in her pain, in that mother's pain untold? Bruised, derided, cursed, defiled, still she beheld her tender child, all with bloody scourges rent. 
for the sins of his own nation. Saw him hang in desolation till his spirit forth he sent. O sweet mother, font of love, touch my spirit from above. Make my heart with yours accord. Wow. It's incredible how love through the pain, how love through that sorrowful experience of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And at the same time, we can identify how honoring is the Blessed Virgin Mary by the pain. I think there's a great temptation, especially for those outside the church or those who just don't practice very much, to see in this kind of devotion um, kind of uh, emotional displacement. So like, I'm a frustrated mother, and so I look at Mary and see her frustrated and go, yeah, I'm like that. I don't think that's the right move here. I understand why it looks like that if you're not living out on the inside, but I don't, I don't think that's what's happening. I think rather that what the Christian does is understanding that our sorrows and our sufferings have been redeemed by the death of the Lord, we can rightly see in the sufferings of the Blessed Mother sufferings akin to our own. And just as her sufferings, sharing in the suffering of her son helped redeem her. So now we can experience that redemption in the midst of our own suffering. They're very different things. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Iowa Catholic Radio business underwriters provide people with the opportunity to hear the word of God and grow in their faith each and every day. Our business supporters have helped expand our network, connecting more listeners to Christ. Would your business or organization like to share in this mission? If you own or manage a business, we would like to talk to you about how you can make a positive impact in the state of Iowa and beyond. To learn more about becoming an Iowa Catholic Radio underwriter, contact Deacon Mark, 515-223-1150, or visit iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. What great news for donors to the Catholic Tuition Organization. You now receive 75% of your donation back in Iowa tax credits. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. Best gift ever. Online, ctoiowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. It can be easy to forget about the dignity of another when we disagree with their ideas or actions. We start to focus on the things that make us different, and the thoughts start to divide us. Before we reach the conclusion of those thoughts, we must pause and remind ourselves that person with a different idea or lifestyle has great dignity. The next time you find yourself ready to go toe-to-toe with someone, remember that they have dignity and deserve respect, even when we disagree. Monsignor Frank Bignano here. It's time to save the dates for the 2022 Christ Our Life Catholic Conference, Saturday and Sunday, September 24 and 25 at Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines. If you can't join us in person, live stream it. Once again, the conference offers a world-class lineup of speakers, the Holy Mass, incredible music, reconciliation, and adoration. Go to ChristOurLifeIowa.com for tickets and information. The 2022 Christ Our Life Catholic Conference, ChristOurLifeIowa.com. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Before to move into the third segment, Father, I really impress how the sorrowful is part of our human Christian life mm-hmm. to enjoy the glorification and the resurrection as well. So avoid the sorrowful in our life is practically say 
Jesus, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. Yeah? Of course, there are times, um, and, and, and Father and I certainly both know this as, as, as parish priests, there are times that suffering can seem too much. Yeah. Um, and, and, and often we're dismissive of our own suffering. You know, I think sometimes people, when they're trying to say nice things, wind up saying very, very dumb ones. Um, uh, so, uh, so, you know, God never gives us more than we can handle. I don't think that's true at all. Uh, I, in fact, I think it's kind of insulting. Um, I, I think God gives us more than we can handle all the time. At least he does in my life. But he never gives us any more than he can handle. Well, now that's a very different thing. Absolutely. That's a very, very different thing. But if you see somebody whose life is a wreck and you look at them and say, well, God hasn't given you anything more than you can handle. You should be able to hack this all by yourself. I mean, you're just looking to get popped in the nose. And frankly, I wouldn't blame him. Wow. Instead, instead, our suffering is meant to be united to the suffering of the Lord. And in that, not only is our suffering redeemed, but it helps to redeem other people so that we genuinely share with Jesus in the salvation of the world. Beautiful. And this coming Sunday, we have St. Luke in the chapter 16, verses 1 to 13. Jesus said to his disciples, A rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and he said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship because you can no longer be my steward. So the steward said to himself, What shall I do now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors, one by one, and to the first he said, How much do you owe my master? He replied, One hundred measures of olive oil. He said to him, Here is your promissory note. Sit down quickly and write one for fifty. Then he said to the, then the, to another, the steward said, And how much do you owe? And he replied, A hundred cores of wheat. And the steward said to him, Here is your promissory note. Write one for eighty. And the master commended this dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is dishonest in great ones. If therefore you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, then who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No man can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. For you cannot serve both God and mammon. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, the Lord... Um, this can be a very confusing passage for people because it can look on the front end as though uh, the Lord is commending dishonesty or like bad accounting. And this is clearly not a parable about accounting. Um, you can even see that in some of the internal inconsistencies between the, uh, the, the guy who has the oil and the guy who has the wheat. Instead, what he's commending the man for is his shrewdness and um, – sort of his priorities, the way that he's evaluating the situation that he's in. Uh, it's not that he's, he's, he's proud that the man is too weak to dig or too proud to beg. It is rather that the man recognizes that he has to get, get this straight and that the stuff of the world that he's been managing is not nearly as important as the relationships that he's maintained. Right. 
And at the same time, Father, I think uh, the conclusion to honoring God is be faithful versus than uh, navigate in uh, some sometimes yes this is uh, an uh, an aggressive comment about relativism you know in That's the current exactly right. world so sometimes we are good sometimes not as a human being but at the same time it's a it's a calling to be more aware about the implication about our decisions yeah you know I think I I think a lot of us operate on this kind of presumption that um like my religious decisions pertain to my religion and then the other stuff is all kind of just my own best judgment. Um, and this is um, like cat- catastrophically stupid and uh, in, in, in appears to involve no reading of the Gospels at all. Every decision that we make is a moral one. There's probably no more significant moral document that most of us make than our monthly budget. That tells us exactly what we value, right. where, 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 where we're putting our, our, our treasure, right? Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. But more than just to do with money, I think very frequently, entertainment. You know, people worry about entertainment in terms of whether or not it's got like, you know, bad violence or porny stuff in it or something. Those are fair worries. I'm not dismissing that. But um, I think the better question is like, when I when I go to entertain myself or have myself entertained, am I entertaining myself in a way that's going to ultimately draw me closer to Christ, or am I doing it in a way that's pushing me further away, or making me far away for real presence of God? You know, Chesterton says, I repeat this all the time because I think it's so brilliant. He says, you say grace before dinner. I say grace before the, the, the cricket match and the pantomime. We'd say before the soccer game and the, and the movie. But like, uh, and so I've actually taken this up. When I go to a movie by myself, I'll say grace right before the movie starts. And, and, and it's so that the movie itself become an, can become an encounter with grace. And I'm not just talking... You know, if you go see Father Stu or Padre Pio or something like that. Like, I literally went to Jurassic Park this summer and made the sign of the cross and prayed for grace while I was watching dinosaurs try and eat people. <laughs> because because even the fiction that we write has the capacity to confer grace. Everything. Everything. Father, we are approaching our ending program. Let us send an, a message to our people to accepting his human nature And at the same time, praise God for the life that they had. May the passion of the Lord Jesus, who suffered and died on the cross, the merits and prayers of the Blessed Virgin, Our Lady of Sorrows, and of all the saints, grant that whatever good you do, suffering you endure, heal you all of your own sins, help you to grow in holiness, and bring you to everlasting life, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be not afraid. Iowa Catholic Radio. Be not afraid on Iowa Catholic Radio. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Go forward and be not afraid.